Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. On today's show, we will be exploring a new initiative tasked with bringing our city together in hopes of a brighter future. I'm talking about Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Dallas. Up first is TRHT's co-chair and DPD's Office of Community Affairs Manager, Jolie Robinson. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm doing very good. Uh, Thank you very much Mm -hmm. for being here. It's nice to meet you. All right, so this is a new initiative. Yes. So what is TRHT? What are you guys doing? Explain this. TRHT, Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation, really is a national effort. Um, W.K. Kellogg provided us a wonderful grant, us being the city of Dallas, really a grant of $1.75 million to do the work of Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation. Um, I think two key points we want folks to know is this is a process. Um, As anyone knows, healing uh, takes a little time. Our conversations will begin shortly. We're uh, just in the groundwork phase of getting everything set up. There is a website people can take a look at and and learn more about us. So you guys aren't just going to solve this like real quick, though, right? No? I wish. It's not a weekend thing? I wish it was a weekend thing. I wish we could like powwow, then come out with (laughs) all of the answers to solve um, race and race relations issues. We know that uh, Dallas has a history of race and race relations that is not very positive at all times. So we know that those conversations have to be had and that they will be difficult at times. Talk to me about the origins of this. You know, you're, you're with the Dallas Police Department. Uh, your co-chair is not with the Dallas Police Department, mm-hmm. but you guys are working together to do something that is very important and something that this community has needed for a long time. So what really got the ball rolling on getting this initiative started? Well, I was called in towards the end of last year. I was able to go to a Kellogg TRHT summit in California where I learned more about their framework, about narrative change, about racial healing, about the areas that they see that that change can happen, law, economy, those areas, for example. My co-chair, Mr. David with Katamia Theater, I am blessed to be um, here with him today as a co-chair. We also work alongside about 14 other people that we're able to go to the summit as well. We have someone that's with the Momentus Institute. We have um, we have a couple of foundations represented in the room as well, and we have you know citizens that are that are concerned about race and race relations. We have a Texas Organizing Project, a member from Texas Organizing Project, in there as well, and someone from Commit. So there's a a large uh, array of folks that are being involved that are interested that are willing to do the hard work uh, and the hard work. That's a line I've taken from Pastor Richie Butler. I've let him know I've taken that line. But it is the hard work and the heart work of racial healing. Is TRHT a national organization? Is this something that started here in Dallas, or is this something that has already existed around the country and you're finally bringing it 
to Dallas? That's a great question. So we should all think of TRHT as a framework, um, not an organization per se. W.K. Kellogg would be the organization. Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation is a framework, a process, a methodology to work on truth, racial healing, and transformation. And so the grant that was given to us in Dallas, I think it was announced probably two weeks ago now, was also a grant that was given to cities, to 13 other cities across the, the United States, Flint, Michigan being one of those cities. Kellogg has been interested in the work of truth, um, racial healing, and transformation probably for about seven to ten years now. So this is something that Dallas is is getting on board with, using the framework of truth, racial healing, and transformation. But there have been people working on race and race relationships for years here in Dallas. That's one of our um, aspects in the TRHT framework is that we do want to honor those folks that have been doing that heavy lifting for so long. Is this a model that you're going to just implement here? Is that kind of how this works? Because you're talking about it as, you keep saying, a framework, not an organization. So there's a blueprint that you guys are going to follow, and the Kellogg Foundation gave you the money to make sure that you can lay that blueprint over the city of Dallas. That is it. You have it. That is correct. All right. Okay. Uh, These are uh, big ideas. I don't even know how how to explain the enormity of, of what we're talking about here. What are you guys hoping to achieve through this framework? Uh, One thing I say I would want to achieve is racial equity, racial equity that is seen um, in a variety of areas in our city, whether that's education, policy, law, economy. Um, Racial equity really is the ultimate goal that I see using the framework, using the methodology, using the, the blueprint, like you said, of truth, racial healing and transformation. And that takes a serious process. Process is, is another one of those words that has to happen. We have to go through understanding understanding the narrative here in our city about race and race relations, that narrative past, the narrative that we currently have, and, and the narrative that we want to see moving forward. Then we have to talk about uh, race and, and relationships in that aspect. Are we building those relationships? Are we thinking about others not as the other, but as our friends, as our neighbors, as our brothers, as our sisters? Um, and that is that is two very important pieces for me that I want to see true relationship building, uh, building authentic relationships and then racial equity. So with racial equity, let's break that down a little bit more. How would you describe that to somebody that is unfamiliar with that term when you say racial equity and because you wanted to apply racial equity to a lot of different things? I mean, mm-hmm. basically to everything. Mm-hmm. So how does that work and what does that look like? Uh, A a way I would describe racial equity to someone who probably has never heard of it. Uh, I am a black female. I when I go to school, I have my bachelor's. I have my uh, master's degree. I want the same opportunity as someone who may be white and they have their bachelor's and they have their master's. Now, the truth of the matter is that is not um, the reality in all aspects. I don't always get the same Um, fair chance at housing, loans, um, job offers, job opportunities because of the color of my skin. That is a reality. That's a lived reality and experience that I I get to share with people. And it helps folks understand that we can be the same on paper, but because of the color of our skin, we experience, experience this life differently. Racial equity helps us talk through that in different areas of employment where people experience different outcomes based on their race. 
That's in the areas of health care. That's in the areas of education. That's even in the areas of experiencing law, the law enforcement agencies, and the criminal justice system. And so racial equity means that across the spectrum, people have the opportunity to be treated fairly based on the color of their skin, not being the one factor. It sounds to me like you're trying to achieve this goal not by laws or anything like that. You mentioned building real relationships. So does this program, I'm just going to framework program, Mm -hmm. is it a model that people, the public uses to deal with institutions or is it an institutional, institutionally based program that applies to the general public? Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand completely. Where does that go? I say it's both and. Really? Right. So there's racial equity assessments that organizations and institutions can do. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a tool that can be in the toolkit while we're doing the truth, racial healing and transformation. Um, process. Racial equity assessments can um, allow organizations and institutions to see how they may be disparately impacting people of color. Um, Maybe that's in service numbers. Maybe that's in uh, number of contact, amount of time that that, uh, someone is being contacted. There can also be um, on a very singular level, one-on-one relationship building that is important to change hearts around the topic of race. Race is a hard topic for people to talk about. Because of the history of our country around race, not just our history, but but how people experience this life today, surrounding race is different. So those conversations are difficult to have, and it has to be a focus on relationship building one-on-one. My co-chair, a Latino male, I have to be willing to, I know people use um, this phrase lightly, but I have to be willing to put myself in his shoes to understand his experience, his family's experience, their history here in our country, and how they may go about experiencing this life day to day. I call it doing life with one another. Am I doing life with my friend David, my co-chair partner David, so that I understand his struggles, his family's struggles, And so that if I'm out in the world, I can show up as an ally. I can show up as um, a cheerleader for whatever cause, whatever concern that may negatively impact him and his family. And I would hope that people know me and, and, and get to experience my life just the same, put themselves in my shoes so that they can show up for me as well. Um, when there seems to be any law, when there seems to be any wrongdoing based on my race, I hope that they can show up for me. Doing life. I like I like that term. Is that your term? It's a term that I uh, love. I can't even remember where I heard it, but but it's something I talk to my friends as well. I want to be intentional about relationship building and I want to do life with one another. I don't want to just have us experience in our two lives in different swim lanes. I want us to all be in the same pool. So it's more than just a sense of empathy. More than that. More than a sense of empathy. A sense of empathy, in my opinion, says I understand what you're going through. I see your struggle and I see your pain, but I am removed from your pain. Um, doing life with, with those that we love, those that we don't love, those that we don't even know, um, doing life with those individuals allow me to say, your success and your failure also impacts me. And I am impacted from your pain, historical pain and present pain. Um, and any future pain that may come from any laws that come out, um, I am impacted as well. 
Is this how you view community building in general? Is this kind of your central philosophy for what you're doing, not only with this group, but also with the police department? Mm hmm. Yes, that is my that is my central philosophy. I, I'm lucky enough to manage a unit of about 15 people that are sworn police officers and non-sworn community outreach reps. And I really want all of us um, on that team to understand what it is like to be authentic and be intentional in our relationship building. Not that we're just going out in communities doing beautiful photo ops, you know, passing out ice cream and shaking hands. But what is it like to really get to know the communities in which we're serving? We don't just go there one time, but what does it look like for us to be there a span of six months a year at a certain school if we choose? And how can we then build relationship with teachers, with students, um, and with all school faculty so that we can all experience life together, so that the community can understand police and so that police can understand the community? Is a large part of what you do just simply breaking down barriers as far as communication is concerned, just the idea of being able to talk to a police officer or for police officer to understand how to talk to somebody on the street, no matter where they're from or what their color is, just the idea of actually talking to someone on a human-to-human basis. Yes, I would say yes. Um, our, our idea of community has changed drastically. Why do you explain that? What do you mean? Um, we no longer we're such a we're we're such a moving uh, folks. We no longer live on the same block with our parents and grandparents in the same city as our aunts and uncles. Go to the same school our families went to. Um, we oftentimes don't even live in the same cities that we grew up in or our parents grew up in. And so the sense of community that we talk about in the old days where everyone knew each other's name, everyone looked out for everyone on the same street block. We knew when Aunt Sally was out of town and we needed to watch out for her house and pick up her mail and her and her newspaper. And so the idea of community has changed. And what we do in the Office of Community Affairs is try to bring back a little bit more of that community building. Dallas is such a large city, so it can can be difficult at times, but when we are intentional about our efforts reaching out into the community, we can help create that dialogue where people feel more comfortable sharing their concerns um, and sharing their frustrations with us. Community policing. This has got to be exactly what this is. Mm-hmm. That is exactly what it is. Community policing really is about community partnerships. Um, and sometimes we get it wrong in understanding what community policing is and more like it's something for the police to do and activity for them to do. But community policing really is about building relationships. It's about understanding how we can utilize our partnerships in the community with churches, with schools, with youth organizations, um, with nonprofit organizations, with the arts um, um, organizations that are in the city. It's about understanding how we can use those partnerships to better serve our community and keep our community safe. The police department can't do it alone. Um, citizens can't do it alone. And so community policing really is about partnerships. How do you get past the idea of making this really stick? Because I bet that if you talk to a police officer or just somebody in the street and you propose the ideas that you're talking about, just get to know that guy, talk to him, try and build a real relationship. I bet everybody would agree to that. And they'd go, yeah, that sounds great. That's easy to do. But somehow we still have to have groups like Dallas TRHT. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you work on actually making this stuff stick as opposed to somebody just saying, yeah, that sounds great, of course, but it doesn't ever really go anywhere. Yeah. How do you, where is that process at, and, and is, is that what TRHT is all about? That's what TRHT is looking to be about, right? Looking to really gather community voices to figure out how can we make this stick. If we've been here and there have been several organizations working on racial 
um, racial tension and racial situations here in the city, how can this initiative stick? And that really is the first part of listening to the community in which we plan to serve, which is a key point in, in the police department. How do we listen to the communities in which we're serving, in which we're working, to understand what it is that they are looking for, what it is they are looking for in a relationship? Some may want to see police regularly. Some may not want to see police regularly, but how do we understand and how do we listen to what a community is looking for? The truth, racial healing and transformation framework that can be used and and the the awesome part about that is it allows us to start speaking the same language. Um, And so any organization and individual can start talking about how do we then talk about truth How do we talk about racial healing, which is a process? And then what do transformed social systems and relationships look like going forward? Julie Robinson is the co-chair of Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Dallas. She is also DPD's Office of Community Affairs Manager. How does this work with the police department? Okay, so are you a police officer or do you just work at the police department? I work at the police department. The The awesome thing about the position I'm in is it was intentionally left as a non-sworn civilian employee because the reality is not everybody loves to see police. Not everybody feels comfortable talking to police. So as being a, a civilian non-sworn employee, that means I have no side. I have no side. I did not go to the academy. I haven't, I haven't worked my way up on the street, so I have no blue side of me, if you will. That's the term that's used. At the same time, I have no allegiance or alliance that strictly says, I don't want to talk to the police. I don't like to talk to the police. And I'm only here for the community. The The position I'm in is, is unique in the opportunity that I have to um, work inside the department, but also understand the reality that my community members face and then talk very um, transparent about how we can have the two see eye to eye. You're the gatekeeper. I hope not. <laughs> you don't I think hope... you don't think you're bridging well, you're you're kind of bridging that gap between two worlds though. That's, yeah, that's gatekeeper what I would in say. a positive sense. Yes. Yeah. Gatekeeper in a positive sense. Is that a, yeah. Does that have a negative connotation? Gatekeeper has a negative connotation. Does it? Gatekeeper's like I get to say who's in and who's out. Oh, all right. Yeah. I didn't think that had a negative yeah. connotation. All right. So <laughs> I'm reformulating this to have a positive connotation Good. and I feel that that's where you're at because yeah. you're you're of two worlds right now. You're you're living in both. So does it really feel to you like you are living in both of these worlds that you are truly down the middle? It can feel um, it can feel like I'm living in two different worlds. Uh, and I've mentioned it before, especially when we grieve for people of color that have been killed by the police, that have been unarmed and they've been killed by the police. And then we grieve for police officers. And oftentimes those communities that are grieving for either side, quote unquote, aren't the same communities. And so it feels like a tug of whose side are you on? The part I get back to when it comes to transformational and intentional relationships is there is no side. We really are on the same side, the same side of humanity. And once we get past maybe some of the narrative, which is a key component of truth, racial healing and transformation, the narrative that makes us think there are sides to choose and really focus on relationship building, then we'll understand that we can grieve for all and it does not take away from grief from any other person. How would you describe the the situation that we have here in Dallas? Because I think if you talk to different people, you would hear different things. My view of it is that it is... 
Certainly not a perfect area as far as race relations are concerned, but I would say it seems to, at least between the community and the police department, that it seems a lot better than a lot of other cities that we have in the nation. Now, you're the one that is going to be able to track that perfectly because you're living in both sides. So you're trying to apply this Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Dallas application to this city, but you have to have a real understanding of how it actually is. Mm -hmm. So do you feel good about the state of things in Dallas and you want to improve them, or do you feel that it just flat out needs improvement? Uh, I will say that I think Dallas is at the right place to do this hard work. Dallas has had the benefit of great of a great economy that may blind us to think that our relationships are better than they really are. I can say that after July 7th of last year, more people understood and saw firsthand that our race relations have to be talked about and discussed. That pivotal moment has opened the eyes for so many individuals that there are real feelings about community members and about police that have to be discussed. And a huge component of that conversation is about race. Dallas, sometimes as a larger city, can find it difficult to talk about race. We find it difficult to talk about the historical pain we've experienced here in Dallas around race. Um, and we find it difficult to talk about the present day conditions as far as poverty, as far as education, that also are dependent upon race. I think this is the right time. I think we're ready for it as a city. We just have to be willing to keep pushing through and having those tough conversations. Why are these conversations so tough for people, do you think? Is it because they want to always be polite? Are they afraid of hurting other people's feelings? Or are people just in denial about this kind of stuff and they just flat out don't want to hear it? It's both and. It's, it's, people are polite, are really polite, which is beautiful. We're in the South and we have Southern charm like no other. And so people are very polite when it comes to race. Race is a hard, uncomfortable conversation. Sure. On all sides, it's very emotional when it comes to thinking about the historical atrocities that my ancestors had to experience here in the country. It's very difficult and emotional to also think about all the little black children that experience difficulties in the classroom because of their race. But these are realities that research has proven has happened and does happen. But it's difficult to have that conversation it's difficult to hear that conversation. And then for our feelings to be validated, all of that is very difficult because sometimes for our feelings to be validated, it must mean that someone else has to say, I hear you. And my ancestors may have played a part in that pain. And that is tough. Does it excite you to be a part of such uncomfortable conversations you seem to be the kind of person that would run towards something like this. You would it, it, It's a driving force for you that mm -hmm. this stuff, even if it is uncomfortable, it's something that you like to a certain extent. Is that true? I think it, I think it's true. I think what what really makes me run towards such conversations, because I 
love to have such conversations so that we can then move into a glorious moment of healing together and relationships. I know that us as a city, us as a country, us as a state, I know we are better than the harsh and negative ways that we treat one another. I just know it. I feel it deep down. And so I get passionate about these conversations because I know that there is going to be a glorious day that we really seek to know and learn one another um, and our relationships and our and our society will be much better for it. How can people get involved with Dallas TRHT? This is relatively new. You guys are just getting going. So you really need a good uh, amount of support to, to really get things going. So how can people be a part of this initiative? There is a website, DallasTRHT.org. They need to check out the website. There's a little button you can say that says join us. Once you put your information, your contact information in there, you will be added to a contact distribution list. As we begin to roll out community meetings and emails, you will be a part of all of those initiatives and those engagements. We are doing our best to to continue to throw the cast the wide net to organizations and individuals that are doing this hard work and hard work in the city. And we're going to continue to add to that contact list. You're at the beginning of what is probably going to be a very long journey. Are you excited? I'm excited. It feels exhausting at times. Um, Some of our conversations get emotional at times, but I am absolutely excited about what is to come. I know this is a historical moment in our city, um, and I I just know the future is going to look much better for it. Julie Robinson is co-chair of Truth, Racial Healing, and Transformation Dallas. Their website, DallasTRHT.org. She is also with DPD's Office of Community Affairs. Jolie, thank you very much for your time today. I appreciate it. Thank you, Nick.